Welcome to Finding Sanctuary, our shared conversations into how we think and feel and how we find peace and comfort in daily life. We get together with experts to chat about all things mental health, getting insights and understanding on the struggles of life. My name is Debbie Draby and I'm a psychologist and a proud Maronite woman and a mother of three children. And I'm passionate about bringing people together to share their stories, to support each other through life and all its beauty and all its pain. I look forward to hearing from you in this podcast series as we engage in conversations around our shared experiences as a community. We love to hear what you think of the podcast, so please subscribe, share, like and comment wherever you get your podcasts. Monsignor Yashura, I'm really excited to be talking to you again and Eddie Reich also with with me here today and we're going to be exploring communication and I really just wanted to take this opportunity just to reflect a little bit on our very first pilot that we did together which was a great opportunity to really explore some of the challenges and the experiences that we had during COVID and Monsignor in particular one thing that stood out in that conversation was we talked quite a bit about some of our learning and what was the most confronting thing for us um, in, in working with the community. And you mentioned a key learning for you was about uh, listening without judgment and, mm. and just having that openness when you're talking to people, particularly at a time where it was quite volatile. There was mm. a lot of really strong emotions and strong opinions that were divisive. And, and you mentioned communities, families being divided by very conflicting opinions. Mm. And it really reminded you of the importance of listening, you know, mm. from that openness and, and not having a judgment or a bias and, and just really allowing people to talk about whatever's happening for them and, and just being present in that. So I wondered today if we can really explore some of that learning, but also thinking about practical ways in, in when we are communicating, how we can take away some of that judgment that we carry and some of your learning from that. And Eddie, I know you mentioned the work that you do in your practice in counselling, but also with your running your groups, particularly at St. Joseph, mm-hmm. um, and some of your learning around the challenges of effective communication, particularly when you're bringing people together where emotions we know get in the way and, mm-hmm. and sometimes they mm-hmm. can really create those tensions and, and stop us from talking about what, what's really going on and, and unpacking some of that. So, yeah, Mons, would you like to start a little bit about, you know, just exploring some of your things that you've you've identified in, in the way that you communicate mm. with community members that come in for counselling and, and thinking about supporting them to have more open conversations mm. without that judgement? Yeah, thanks, Deb. It's good to be here with yeah. Eddie and Nat too. First of all, I'd like to say um, I wasn't perfect at it to start and, as you know, I was caught a bit off guard with the amount of elevation. And like most people, when you, you're sort of faced with that, you sort of back off or you get a bit defensive. Um, but what I realised as it, it started to progress that I needed to listen to what people were saying. There, it was coming from something genuine in them. You know, even if some of the ideas or thoughts, the information might have been a bit, yeah, they, they were really passionate about it. So I thought I needed to hear what was the fears and where they might be coming from and then to have conversations with others about it, you know. So mm. I found that the best thing where people were having conversations and they, let's sit down and look, not just say this or, you know, put people on labels on sides or anything, mm. but to say, like, what are you feeling about this? Why do you feel so strongly about this? A lot of times the judgments and there were labels that came out so quickly and then yeah. put people in 
slots. I learned the importance of trying to listen, to understand, even if someone was mm. having a different point of view that I might have had or was thinking mm. of at the time, to understand and to hear the fear, to mm. hear that for them that's real. If you just dismiss it, it's going to come out in another yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, To give people a chance yeah. and to try and encourage them to have a good conversation about it. Not argument about it, let's talk about it, let's have a conversation about it. Yeah, I can think of a few conversations I would have liked to start off differently or have yeah. differently that I had, you know, yeah. initially. But that's that's what I learned and that's what I saw people, the best learning for me and the best learning that I saw for others where, where people were really happy to say, oh, look, this is what I, I'm, I'm thinking this at the moment is where I'm at but yet they were willing to listen to hear and talk about what might be happening for others. One of the very first things you said was at the beginning you weren't good at it, mm. but you, you just engaged in this curiosity and, and openness and you identified that actually it's not something that you're doing perfectly yet. Yeah. You're trying, you're acknowledging your weakness or yep. your judgments and just being able to continue mm. and, and keep trying and yeah. we don't always get it right. Yeah. I know, Monsignor, I've worked with you for a long time, how much experience you have with communication yeah. and as a listener, but even with all of that, yeah. we're not perfect yeah. and we're still learning and we're still, particularly during challenging times. And it was a very uniquely challenging yeah. time. It was, absolutely, you know, yeah, yeah. You it's, all caught off guard. It's normal to feel out of your depth in that time and regardless of yeah. how much training and experience that you have, really great start for our conversation today around mm. that humble curiosity mm. but open to learning to do it yeah. better and improve how we communicate. Yeah. Monsignor, I'm so glad that you said that you didn't do it right when you first tried mm. because if I'm teaching people how to communicate or helping them trying to articulate their words more effectively, the biggest problem that I have is a lot of people think it's they're outside their comfort zone when they try and learn a new way of talking mm. or a new dialogue. Mm. But to hear from you that you didn't get it right the first time should motivate people to think it doesn't matter if they don't get it right the first time. Okay. And I think what's important is mm. they take home the message and with that message they then learn how to use their own language, mm. use their own way of doing things so then they can articulate it in their way of thinking. Mm. So many times you have people, the wives will come back and say, my husband said this, but I know that was Eddie talking, not you. And it's really important, and I always reinforce, it's got to be your language. I just give you a baseline, mm. but use your language. That's more important because mm. there's no gimmick here for you just to be me. Mm. And I think uh, over time people tend to start to mm. migrate towards their way of thinking mm. and their way of talking, yeah. and it seems to work really well for them after mm. a while. Partners pick up on it, don't they, mm. Um, mm. when they're using language that's not familiar mm. or that's not really authentic to them. Mm. Um, it sort of impacts on that authenticity and that openness. And you know, I like to listen to them and pick yeah. up how they're talking, what words they say to each yeah. other, and then I'll use their, lang I'll use mm. their language in the mm. skill. That I find when I do that, they really connect with it then. Often people come into counselling with the expectation that they're going to have to learn something completely different mm. that's so foreign to them yeah. and that's this, this script that's really totally new. But what you're saying is no, it's mm. use your own words and you, mm. you're yeah. reflecting that to them. Yeah. You're, you're modelling yeah. their own words and yeah. showing them that actually you have it in you, yeah. maybe tweaking it in a way yeah. that's going to make the message yeah. more clearer and allow some level of openness. Yeah. 
Mm. I can give an example I was trying to explain, like in communication with a couple. And I said, you know, that you're having three conversations when there's one big conversation. There's three conversations going on, you know. And <laughs> the husband was a builder, you know. And he says, uh, what's that mean? Does that mean it's like a house? There's the roof and the inside of the house and the basement? <laughs> mm. I said, exactly right. Mm. You got it. He picked something from his. So I've yeah. actually used that model. I actually yeah. put it in to that model mm. and uh, call it the house model mm. and that because it was from his language being a builder he could quite relate to it. I've used similar things but mm. what I do was I actually teach couples when they first come in how to waltz because I tell them the communication. Sorry, what was that, how to waltz, waltz as in dance? Dance, yeah, yeah. yeah, because I said communication mm. is a dance. Mm. If you're That's doing one type saying, of dance yeah. and the other person's doing a different one, you can't sink. It becomes a wrestling match, not exactly. a dance. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I teach them the walls so they can be in sync. And I, yeah. once they learn how to do it, the one, two, three, one, it's the simplest one I could think of. And then I said, this is communication. Don't mm. complicate it any more than that. Communication is just doing a dance, but you're both doing the same dance and you're in sync. Mm. That's what communication is all about. It's the goal. Mm. Yeah. So you've both given really great examples, mm. creative examples around mm. how to make it meaningful, that mm. people can relate to it, they can visualise mm. it and maybe think about it in, in a context that is relatable. I know the building analogy, I know I've used mm. it when I used to do the marriage classes yeah. around, you know, the, the, the house and the yeah. structure because we do have a lot of builders in our yeah. community. <laughs> um, let's face it, and, and it's just something that is relatable mm. and they can they can visualize what it actually means and what it looks and feels yeah. like mm. it can be quite distant and complicated we're trained with very western ideas mm. and and theories that we're trying to make meaningful for our communities and mm. sometimes ideas around communication and the theory and the literature how to translate that and make it meaningful when we're working with and connecting with people yeah. takes examples that are relevant mm. i'm really aware of my training, I'm really aware of what I've learned and I'm aware about people's understanding and I like to, I'm very empathic, so I like to understand how they're feeling. There's no need for me to be a superior person and use high-tech words and really get them disconnected from a conversation. And I know the people that I'm with because I spend a little bit of time just talking about who they are. So I get a good feeling of what they do and who they are. And then once I've understood that, I know the sort of language I should use. Mm. It doesn't have to be what I'm taught, but I can break it down. And it's not a fact that someone is smarter than the other person. It's just we have a different level of understanding. Mm. Mm. I teach people how to communicate. I have to communicate. Mm. And yeah. if I have to effectively communicate, I've got to practice what I preach. Mm. And this is the best way I know mm. how to break it down so that I understand and they understand what we're both talking about. Mm. We're on the same level. Mm. And I think then it can be a lot more effective. That key to communication is getting to know the other person mm. and mm. getting to understand them, not just the mm. words they use, but yeah. who they are. Mm. Um, mm. And sometimes we see that couples, they've been together for a long time, but mm. they don't have that understanding and that depth of knowledge of each other necessarily because mm. they're so caught up in, you know, whatever conflict or whatever issues might be getting in the way and you model that with them. You mm. show them how things that you can be curious about each other in a way that, that might unlock the, the stresses and unlock mm. all the barriers that get in the way of how we communicate. It's true. Everyone comes in with an expectation. Yeah. Their expectation is, I want what we had when we were on our honeymoon. Mm. And I said, you'll never get that again. Mm. But it doesn't mean you can't have something new. Mm. 
and yeah. something just as exciting mm. because you've grown and we all grow. Yeah. So it's important that we consolidate that and keep it real the whole time. So just thinking about that um, and exploring, Monsignor, I'm wondering what's going on for you in terms of the couples that you're working with and some of the strategies you've learned along the way to really help unlock some of the tensions and, and the barriers that get in the way of them communicating. Mm. Something that stands out, the power of, of words, that sometimes they don't realise the impact of words. One person will be using a word and it's, it's the other person is just interpreting this like it's a brush off. Whereas the other person says it's a defence word because um, you're not listening to me and so I don't get hurt that you're not listening to me. I just give that response. I suppose that a lot of couples don't know how to have a good conversation. You know, it sometimes very quickly gets elevated. So often the helping couples to listen is a big big factor. Listen to understand. Not You don't have to agree, mm. but just to understand what's happening with their spouse. But there's the image of a, a man hanging over a cliff and he's got a boulder on his back and he's holding onto his wife's hand. And then it, through the crevice of a, the cliff that he can't see, there's a snake coming out to bite her arm. So she's trying to shake off and he's trying and she can't see the weight he's got on his back yeah. and he can't see the threat she's what mm. she can see. So how, you, how do you help them, you know, when they've got such different perceptions about what's happening, mm. how do you help them to, to come closer to that yeah. understanding? To say what you feel, what you see, is, you know, that's there, it's real for you. And how can you also see what your partner's seeing too? When they're carrying stresses and pressures and mm. it's not getting recognised by the others, so it's making a lot of frustration come out. They can start to see it's um, even just to get that understanding and you can notice a difference, you know, when they can get them to at least recognise that, to notice what's happening in their partner. Thank you for that image. I'm still thinking about it as yeah, you're talking yeah, um, in terms of like, there could be so much going on yeah. for the other person but we don't always have that awareness. Yeah. And, and I think that's that's really one of the challenges, particularly when you've been with someone for a long time, the perception is you do know everything about mm. them and you know what's going on for them and you, I guess there's a risk that you make assumptions yeah, um, yeah. that you have that awareness and an understanding of each mm. other. And, and you know, what you've both said is the importance of, having that curiosity and thinking about questions that really enable getting to know them again and mm. understanding whatever's happening for them in that moment or mm. in that situation, mm. which sometimes is difficult to do because we can get stuck in our assumptions and our mm. judgments and we, we perceive them in the way that we're used to. Mm. Monsignor, I'm glad you said a lot of those things because it's so important that people realise that when you have a conversation, you don't have to agree with what they're saying. Mm. But as long as you understand why they feel that way, mm. one of the components that I use a lot of is what we call a start-up conversation. Everyone thinks when you have a conversation, you have a conversation, but they don't realise what they're bringing with that. Mm. And in that, you've got people who've just come home from work, mm. they've got mm. all the stress that's associated with work and they're carrying the whole world on their shoulders, they walk in the front door... Their wife's at home, he can hear the screaming in the background, she's screaming at the kids, she's not having a great time. Now, when you picture that and you imagine the conversation mm. they're about to have, it's not going to go well. Mm. You just know it's yeah, not going to go well. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's really important sometimes we 
try and work out a way of resetting before mm. we mm. start a dialogue. Yeah, that's a very good thing. And so yeah. if we reset before yeah. we start, we take that breath yeah. before we walk in to that front mm. door mm. and say, okay, I'm ready for it, I've reset myself. Mm. There's a thing called third space mm. where it actually teaches you how to reset mm. before you put the key yeah. in the front door mm. and as soon as you open the door, your day starts from yeah. there. Yeah. I'm in husband mode, not, yeah. not project yeah. manager mode. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, And the wife, I've got to be in wife mode. Too, mm. so. Yeah, yeah so good. just being mm. able to really think about how available we are, mm. um, not just physically mm. because, I mean, you described that third space yeah. and, you know, putting that key in the door mm. and moving into that physical space of home, you know, that from making that transition from work to home. Mm. But also how do you do that in an emotional way mm. um, is, is really important mm. and exploring our readiness to be open to whatever's happening mm. and we can already hear some of it before yeah. we walk through the door or we might even have things that went on in the morning before we left for work yeah, that yeah. we're still carrying. Be open and, and aware of that mm. and acknowledge that that's going to contribute to what we're bringing home and might contribute to the conversation we're about to have. Mm. So really if you want to just highlighting a, a few key practical points from our conversation today when we're exploring communication and how to be effective communicators with our partners, with our family, thinking about some key things is it's not easy. We don't always get it right. Mm. Even trained experts, we mm. struggle with it. Yeah. We're still learning yeah. how to do it well and how to master it. I guess the key is acknowledging that we do have it within us, mm. particularly if we're willing to be open to be aware of what's going on for us, but also to have an openness with our family and an awareness that they might have big things happening that we don't always know mm. about and approaching them with that humble curiosity mm. and, and being able to give them the space to talk yeah. and not necessarily talk for them or, or make assumptions or make judgments that, that really will get in the yeah. way. I think that's something important to say, not to be embarrassed or ashamed that we've been doing these, this sort of work and we're still learning ourselves. Yeah. So yes, and I'm sure our children yeah. and our partners can, <laughs> yes. can confirm that. Yes. We don't always get it right and we're oh not great God. communicators. Our staff. Our staff. Yeah. <laughs> or our neighbours. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. It's that's okay. okay. If we yeah. don't get it right, that's okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I hope this episode has helped you find sanctuary in this exciting journey of life. All of the resources we've mentioned in this episode are found in the podcast notes. If you need some assistance with any of the topics discussed in today's episode, then please visit our website, hshl.org.au. You and your mental health matters to us, and we hope you get one step closer in finding sanctuary. Bye for now. Bye for now.